You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Done good. Anything happened over the weekend? How was your weekend? Anything unusual happen? Uh, boy, it, it feels like there was something. I don't know what it was. Uh, we'll get around to it, I'm sure. I want to thank everybody for making Locked On Bama the first place. You listen when it comes to Alabama podcast, and this podcast is brought to you by Rock Auto. So thanks, Rock Auto, and thank you, our loyal listeners and new listeners and listeners that don't like us, but they listen because they don't like us. Uh, or listeners who listen because they love to listen when Alabama loses, which isn't very often. But uh, regardless, it happens. So, Jimmy, um, any uh, you know more thoughts about the game in general before we move on to some other topics? Well, I have a lot of thoughts, of course, about the game, but but one is, you know, everybody overreacts. I do too, especially right after. That's why I try to sort of best I can on Sundays, uh, kind of stay away from being too emotional about or watching the game over again too quickly or, you know, reading every single comment that's out there in cyberspace, but, you know, just – trying to be a little more objective, but, you know, I, I read a lot of people, you know, fire this guy, fire this guy. You got to bench this dude, bench this guy, bench, bench him. You know, Nick's been here for 15 years. And uh, I, I think by now, if you don't have a handle on how he does things, you're never going to get a handle on it. But uh, the only coach I can ever remember Nick firing in season of Lane Kiffin and, and he fired him, you know, after a playoff game and before the championship game, that was a, highly unique circumstance that also included the fact that Lane already had another job. Lane was already the head coach at Florida Atlantic uh, when that happened. Uh, he doesn't fire coaches midseason, so just just forget it. I mean, if he hadn't done it in 15 years, he's not going to do it now. And as far as even benching starters, that could happen because it has happened, but it's also sort of rare. I mean, it doesn't happen a lot. He doesn't radically change things as soon as something goes wrong. And guess what? A lot of the things that went wrong had already been going wrong. It, it's not news that we've had protection issues. It's not news. We, we've had a lot of trouble playing in noise, I, I think, and, and everybody does. That's not a talent thing. It's, to some extent, it's not even a coaching thing. But this particular group has really struggled in the noisy environments. Uh, I, I, I caught, you know, in, in some replays and some clips, I've already seen our offensive line sliding right pre-snap when they should have slid left. That's a communication thing. And I, I wonder, my first thought is, you know, I really don't think Darian Dalcourt forgot what is right and what is left. I think he made a call and, and, and they couldn't hear it. They couldn't hear it. And, and they all did the wrong thing. We have one guy do one thing and the four other guys did something else. Um, that just comes from, from a lack of communication. They couldn't hear. And, I'm not sure how they're going to fix that, but before you go to the cowbell uh, place uh, that's going to be loud as all hell, as, as it always is, um, you've got to fix the, the, the silent part. The communi- we've got to communicate better silently uh, because it's really screwed us up on offense. And defensively, we, you know, we have some issues. We gave up over 40 again. 
We gave up over 40 twice last year uh, and still won a national championship. So it's fixable to an extent. Uh, we're not elite defensively. We're not Georgia. Frankly, we're probably not even Texas A&M on defense. Uh, but I know I know we can play better than this because I think our, our parts are pretty – I refuse to believe that these kids that we're playing on defense are bad players. Uh, I refuse to believe that. So I, I, I think we have some improving that must take place. I mean, we're playing the team that beat the team we just lost to. So we, we, we need to get better, and it needs to happen fast. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and the whole thing about the uh, noise being an issue, I mean, the good news is Mississippi State, and then we got a long homestand. The bad news is Mississippi State's loud as hell, and then the last game we play is at Auburn, and they're going to be loud as hell no matter what their record is. So, um, now, I will say this. I was at the game. I've been to a lot of loud places. Uh, Alabama 2005, Florida, uh, 1989 Iron Bowl. Um, I've, been, I've been to a lot of loud games. This was the loudest I've ever been to. It frankly wasn't that close. It was like nauseatingly loud. And um, so kudos to their fan base for pitching in. So, uh, I mean, really do like that. Um, what we're going to do, Jimmy, when we come back uh, on message boards, there is one particular signing class that's getting a lot of heck for underperforming when it comes to uh, the Alabama expectations. We're going to talk about that when we come back. But right now I want to tell you about Prize Picks. It's a leader in the college sports daily fantasy. It offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers all the star players of the five power five as well as the mid-majors you might not even heard of. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. Be sure to go to prizepicks.com or go to their award-winning app, use promo code LOCKEDON, get a 100% instant deposit up to $100. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus those projected numbers. So there's nothing to fight against. It's so easy. Prize Picks is safe. And it offers fast withdrawals. Entries can be made within 60 seconds or less. Be sure to use that promo code locked on at prizepicks.com. You will absolutely love this site. It's a ton of fun. Also, I want to tell you about rockauto.com. All the parts your car will ever need, Rock Auto. Again, I'm going to sing it every time, so just get used to it. And seriously, it does have all the parts your car will ever need. I actually had a tune-up today, and I was like, I told the guy, uh, if I need something, don't bother trying to sell it to me. I won't go get it at Rock Auto and then maybe bring it back to you guys and get it put put it in for you. So or put it in for me. So he's um, you know, he was aware of that. He understands. He's like, hey, they got great prices. What do you want me to do? And Rock Auto does have great prices. Go to RockAuto.com in the How'd You Hear About Us button or box. Be sure to put Locked On Bama. We would appreciate that. Rock Auto does literally have all the car parts your car will ever need, and they're less expensive than anywhere else. Family owned and operated for over 25 years. Fantastic website, easy to get around, and uh, you will love it. RockAuto.com. Be sure to say you heard about them from Locked On Bama. Again, I want to thank everybody for making Locked On Bama the first place you listen when it comes to podcasts. You guys are literally the best. I just took a poll. Y'all won. Good job. Um, <clears throat> now, I want to pull up. I had it pulled up, and now I can't find it. Here we go. Jimmy, uh, Alabama's had a lot of uh, fantastic signing classes under Saban. Rarely are they below number two in the country. The 2019 class 
felt like it was going to be something special. I guess it still could be. But as I read down these names, and then don't stop me until I get to the end, but I want you just to throw in what you think. Evan Neal, potential number one draft pick. I mean, he's incredible, unbelievable. Here's quick. Um, ESPN actually had him rated a five-star. He's buried on the depth chart right now. Trey Sanders, we know his story. Continuously hurt both on and off the field, and he can't get on the field right now. I'm assuming it's because he is still hurt. Antonio Alfano, maybe one of the biggest recruiting busts in recent history. Amari Kite, again, another guy that has seen a little bit of action, but, I mean, he's not – he's certainly not a difference maker right now. Justin Aboisby, Aboisby, he is a starter, and he's playing fine. He's not playing all SEC level, but he's playing fine. Jeffrey Carter, I have no idea where he is. Ismail Shupshire is now transferred to USC. Again, a huge bust when it comes to what we thought he'd be at Alabama. Brandon Turnage, he's now at Tennessee, and he had a big game this past weekend, and good Lord, we could have used him this last weekend. Shane Lee contributed a lot as a freshman. Since then, it's been um, not a lot heard from. Christian Harris, again, solid contributor. I thought he would be an All-American this year. He hadn't even been, frankly, second-team All-SEC so far. And, again, that's not me making fun of him. I'm just calling what it is. Christian Harris has not played up to – what we all thought he would play up to at this point. Kevin Harris, no longer with the team. Jordan Battle, again, a, a good player. He's a fine player. Um, he certainly would not be one, considered one of the top four or five safeties in the Saban era, but he's been fine. Byron Young, uh, a contributor, had a big, uh, has had a couple of big tackles for loss. I would say he arguably has been the third best player I've talked about so far uh, in, on this list, maybe, maybe second. Darian Dalcourt, uh, getting a little better, but still some issues. Braylon Ingraham, we assume he's going to hit the transfer portal. We hadn't heard much from him at all. DeMarco Hellams, he is the uh, whipping boy du jour. He is not. He has played uh, very up and down and mostly down of late. Talia Tungavailoa is now the starter at Maryland. King uh, M. Wakuda. He, hey, I was cool. I, he had a touchdown on the block punt. I thought that was fantastic. Good for him. I'm glad to see he stuck with the team, even though he entered the transfer portal. I'm hoping he comes around and, and offers a lot more. DJ Dale, been very solid, not great, solid. Keelan Robinson, no longer with the team. Tanner Bowles, I have not seen him play at all. Marcus Banks has played a little bit, even as an interception this year, but it's it was uh, a non-factor. Paul Tyson, technically the backup quarterback, but everybody's scared of that. John Mitchie, we all thought he'd be an All-American this year. He has uh, not performed anywhere near the level we thought he would. Jaleel Billingsley, fantastic player, arguably the most talented player I've talked about outside of Evan Neal, but he has some uh, things that he has to work through sometimes. He, he's been uh, maybe some character stuff. I don't know, but, it, I mean, you don't get – suspended when you're that talented and that good unless something else is going on. And then Will Reichert, who is probably the best kicker Alabama's had since Philip Doyle. Okay. Or, or maybe Michael Proctor. Um, th- that Again, this class was ranked in the top two or three by every service. And um, yikes, I, I, didn't, I didn't name a lot of difference makers there, Jimmy. Yeah, um, a few things. Uh, number one, I think interesting from a staff makeup, that was the very first post-Tosh class. As we know, Tosh Lupoy, the best recruiter 
in the Saban era, I would argue to anyone that was the first class Alabama signed when when uh, when Tosh Lupoy was gone. Uh, that's that's one thing. Um, normally, a Saban class is populated with freaks. I mean, famously, the 2017 class that had I don't know I lost count eight first round picks, maybe ten. I don't even know. Uh, it was a lot. Um, the first thing that stands out to me is the lack of what I would call Saban freaks that normally populate the class. I counted three, uh, and by three, I mean I only counted three players in that list, that whole long list, three players worthy of what I would call three-and-done guys, guys that only played three seasons and have proven that they're really good NFL players and you can make a case that, that they're ready and they should leave. And that's, of course, Evan Neal, who is a poster boy for a Saban freak, but that's one. Uh, secondly, Jaleel Billingsley, who I expect to go pro. Uh, and for a freak, uh, there's issues. I mean, he's missed games. He didn't start as a freshman. Uh, he's still not a, an elite blocker. Uh, he didn't play his best game against A&M. Uh, but is he three and done in a high round pick? Probably. And the third one, weirdly, Will Reichard, who, who may be, you know, as good as there is in college football and uh, is a big kid with a strong leg. I think he has an NFL future. Most kickers don't go pro after year three. But I think Will Riker could kick in the NFL next season. I really think that that's that's true. Uh, I don't know whether he will or not, but the whole point is there's only three three and done freaks there, and uh, two of those three, you know, have issues. Really, only Evan Neal is the typical Saban freak. Secondly, there's a lot of kids on that list that are gone, uh, some through behavior, some just through the portal. But, man, a lot of that group has left, uh, which is – a little unusual. Uh, and third is just the evaluations. Um, a lot of good players. I'm not sure there's a lot of great players. And boy, that's kind of a description of Alabama's football team right now. Maybe maybe this is a good team and not a great team. And, uh, and it all gets back to your dudes. And I do think it's fair to say, Luke, that uh, the composition of this team in terms of lacking dudes uh, I'm not saying it's all the 2019 class, but it certainly sounds to me like it's a contributing factor. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt. And also, here's the thing. So the 2019 class, uh, a lot of juniors, upperclassmen, that's where our leadership is supposed to come from. Where is it? <laughs> that, that's what I would argue. Where is it? Um, there's again, also not many guys on the 18 and 17 class left on the team. I mean, we yeah. don't have I mean, half of considering COVID didn't count, we have over 50, 60 freshmen on the roster. And since COVID didn't count, I mean, we're a young team, one through 85. I wouldn't say the starting lineup is super young, but they're basically the only upperclassmen on the whole team. Jimmy, let me tell everybody about Sweat Block. It's doctor created, doctor recommended, works for up to seven days per use. There's a dry shirt guarantee. If Sweat Block doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. Featured and tested on the Rachel Ray Show by firefighters. And if anybody knows about heat and sweating, they do. Bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years, over 13,000 reviews, is currently number one in Amazon and a perfect category. It's also manufactured in the USA, sweatblock.com. You want to wear what you want to wear. It's going to be your little secret to confidence. This is a must-have for everyone's toiletry bag, whether it's a big presentation or a hot date. Everybody can benefit. 
Go check them out, sweatblock.com. And I'm telling you, you're going to love it. Go get it today. 20% off at sweatblock.com with promo code locked on. Or you can go to Amazon or CVS. You may have some Amazon credit. You want to use that. Okay, go go to Amazon. You can get sweatblock there. If you or some of you love is dealing with sweat issues, you have to check out sweatblock. Sweatblock.com, promo code locked on. Also, I want to tell you about betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is where you want to go to get that bet in. Best place to wager on the interwebs. You can bet on NFL, college football. You can bet on college basketball futures. You can bet on Major League Baseball playoffs. You can bet on all kind of prop bets, whatever you want. They got it at betonline.ag. You can also bet on reality TV if you're into that sort of thing. You can also play poker. You can play blackjack. You can play, when you play poker, you can play Texas Hold'em, or as I call it, Texas Fold'em. You can also play uh, Omaha, high-low. You can play a lot of different games. they got tournaments, everything you want, betonline.ag. Use promo code locked on. You get a 100% bonus for your first deposit. Betonline.ag, this place is fantastic. You will love it. You'll have a great time with it. It's a fantastic way to just sit there with your computer throughout the weekend, eat some chips, get fat, win money, and watch football. Betonline.ag. Jimmy, uh, let's – uh, wrap up the SEC from the weekend really quickly because now the whole uh, outlook has changed, I think, from what we all thought. We all assumed it would be Alabama-Georgia undefeated heading into Atlanta, and the loser still gets in maybe as a three or four seed, and, of course, the winner would be the one seed. But now, uh, though Alabama still controls its own destiny, uh, you can't lose again, period, in this discussion. You just can't lose again. I don't care if Alabama loses again, goes and wins the SEC. That, with two losses, Alabama's not going to get in with one of them being an unranked opponent, I think. Um, I thought Georgia asserted itself very nicely in a win at Auburn. This is a stat I just um, did the math on today, and my math is terrible, but I believe I'm correct. Georgia has outscored Auburn. 137 to 47 in the last five games since Jordan, uh, Auburn beat them when Georgia was ranked number one, 40 to 17 in Jordan Hare. That's five games in a row and um, an average of what, 18 point differential. Georgia absolutely owns Auburn. There's no other way to put it. That's one thing that I'm a little bit jealous of Georgia about. Alabama hasn't been able to dominate Auburn like that. They have beaten Auburn worse than that. But uh, consistently, we don't beat them as, as often as Georgia does. But um, I thought they looked pretty impressive. And I thought their game plan was um, status quo, meaning, hey, let's just uh, be, uh, you know, go take a shot every now and again downfield. A couple of them worked. But for the most part, if we just play ball control, Auburn's not going to be able to score much. And that's what it worked. Yeah, Georgia's a bit of a throwback team to me. They remind me of uh... – they sort of remind me of 2016 Alabama where, you know, it's in a super elite defense and, and you're not asking the quarterback to do too much, but don't lose the game. Uh, but he's also a pretty good athlete and he can make something happen when need be because Stetson, he's really good at running around. He's a plus athlete back there. And, and, and for a game manager, he's one of your more athletic guys. And I guess you could say the same thing about Jalen Hurts in 2016, uh, who had the benefit of that elite defense like Stetson's got. So they really remind me of 2016 Alabama uh, or even 2009 Alabama that had a great defense with Greg McElroy quarterback and, and just running the ball. And, and they seem to be sort of doing what it takes to win each week. And, uh, and while they're not going to win games 60 to seven, they're going to win a lot of games 30 to seven and, uh, and they all count as wins. So Georgia to me is the only elite team 
in, uh, in college football. Alabama is not elite. Uh, they have a chance to improve, though, and that's the thing. You just got to win the games and get back in. If Alabama has to win out uh, to win the national championship, probably Georgia does too. I mean, because if you think about it, if, if there's a loss ahead for Georgia, it's in the playoff. It's not going to be – or in the postseason. It's not going to be during the regular season. They're just too good for that. So uh, Alabama's got to improve. You, and, 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 hey, the Alabama team that I've seen play so far, and I'm not overreacting to A&M, I'm talking about the Alabama team that I've seen through six games. We're not as good as Georgia. We're not as good. Now, I'm not saying we can't be or we can't beat them. I'm just saying you got to get better. you got to get better than you are. So that's the thing to me is, is let's see an improved Alabama team. This is still a challenge this weekend. We're playing the team that beat the team we just lost to. So it's a challenge. It's on the road. It'll be noisy. That's something we got to overcome. As you pointed out, Auburn's certainly going to be noisy at the end. Uh, it's something we got to learn to do. And, uh, and that's the thing for me this week, uh, Luke, is just uh, improvement. Let's win and play clean football and win the game even to the point we're not sweating at the end. I mean, I don't suspect that we're going to destroy Mississippi State. They might be, they might be too good for that. But uh, – but I do think Alabama is capable of winning this game by three touchdowns. You know, here's an interesting thing. What if, and I don't think this will happen, but what if Kentucky beats Georgia this weekend? All of a sudden in Kentucky, they're not just in the driver's seat. They're practically in Atlanta. I mean, it would be tough for them to lose to, uh, you know, two games when you consider their remaining games are Vandy, um, Tennessee, I can't remember who the other ones are, but uh, maybe Mississippi State. Um, yeah, I would feel pretty good if I were Kentucky. I mean, I, I don't think that'll happen, but, boy, that would throw a wrench into everything. Um, speaking of Kentucky, they probably sealed Ed Orgeron's fate, I would assume. And um, I don't know if I like this or not. I mean, uh, LSU could go get him a real coach. Um, I, 2019 notwithstanding, that was obviously a Gene Chizik thing with uh, Ed Orgeron, if you ask me. And I think Ed Orgeron may leave – LSU in worse shape than Auburn was in the sense that um, they've got all these scandals hanging over their head. And uh, then Ole Miss, Arkansas, just a ton of fun to watch. Boy, another SEC game that's going to be fun this weekend. I think Alabama and Mississippi State is a lot more fun now um, considering what just happened for everybody. But Auburn, Arkansas is a lot of fun. And Arkansas opens as a three-point favorite. That's really, really interesting to me. Yeah, I'm, uh, it's too early to, to, to really land on uh, – to be adamant about anything. But in Fayetteville, yeah, I, I, I expect Arkansas – you know, just based on what I've seen through six games, uh, I think Arkansas is a little better than Auburn, especially playing at home. Uh, I don't know how they're better, but they are. And uh, Auburn's pretty good on defense, but I think Arkansas is going to find enough points to win this game. And uh, I'm not sure Auburn will be able to score enough against Arkansas. So I think it'll be really entertaining. The Tennessee Ole Miss game will be really entertaining. Uh, you know, I, I, I think it's going to be close and it's going to be fun, but yeah, I, I like Arkansas to beat Auburn this weekend. All right, buddy. That's going to do it for this episode. Tomorrow we'll start digging into Mississippi state. Maybe talk a little bit about recruiting because we hadn't even really talked about Jaleel Skinner, his actual commitment. Um, I don't think we have. But I mean, if we haven't, we need to talk about it no, some more. No, because he committed he, on Friday. It was a big, yeah. it was, it was a big, big pickup. And he's a say. dude. So, he um, is a dude. 
we got to we got to talk about him tomorrow. But until then, roll tight, everybody. Roll tight.